Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And today I'm joined by my co-host, my lovely wife, Laura Bennett. And this was a special conversation with a longtime friend and champion athlete, Daniela Riff. This special edition is in two parts. In, in this first part, Daniela discusses what it's like to be back racing after such a long period away and just how much that year off really helped to gain perspective and, and take control of her life. And Daniela steps through the Ironman 70.3 wins in Dubai and St. George earlier this year and how she was able to test herself with no pressure in each of those events. She describes her journey into the sport of triathlon and the opportunities she grabbed to optimize herself. Now, a quick bit of housekeeping before we go on. Thank you all so much for listening and sharing the show. I really appreciate it. The show is growing and I couldn't do it without your support. So thank you. Um, If you're enjoying the show, please support it by supporting the show's sponsors. That would be doing me a huge favor. The sponsors are fantastic. You've got Athletic Greens, which I use daily, Hyperice products, which I also use daily just to get me out the door. And then, of course, Form Swim Goggles for anybody doing open water swimming. You're crazy not to have those goggles. Now, again, thank you all for listening. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. Do you want to move better? Do you want to reach your full potential? If yes, then you should really consider Hyperice recovery tools. Personally, I use the Hypervolt and the Vibrating Roller daily. So simple, quick, and easy to look after my body at home. Hyperice is currently running a few sales on both the Normatec line and the Hypervolt with Bluetooth. It's a great time for anyone to take advantage of the discount. Plus, get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show code Greg21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com. That's hyperice.com. H Y P E R I C E.com and use code Greg21 at checkout. Are you someone who enjoys swimming in the open water? Personally, I love it far more than the pool. The thing, though, that I miss in the open water swimming is the ability to get any feedback. But now with the Form Smart Swim goggles, I have that covered. Whether I'm in the pool or open water, I can get my feedback. With Form Swim Goggles, you can see all your key metrics while you're swimming. Your distance, pace, stroke rate, and heart rate. This swim data is displayed on the goggle lens, and you can customize the display to see the metrics you want to see. The goggles track it all and are automated. You start them at the beginning of your swim, and you don't have to press any buttons in between. They automatically track everything. The goggles connect to the Form Swim app on your smartphone, and there you can review all the details of your swims. The battery life is incredible. With a one-hour charge, giving you 16 hours of swimming time. So go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code Greg15 at checkout. I'm using Athletic Greens every day. Great taste, so quick and just ready to go. I've discussed Athletic Greens with several of the guests who are using it daily as well. Miranda Carfrey, Timothy O'Donnell, Tim Don, and Sebastian Kinley. You see... Athletic Greens is more than just a multivitamin and mineral. It's a delicious blend of 75 superfoods, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, greens blend, and more to support your gut health, energy, immunity, and stress. My focus is overall health, longevity, feeling good, and feeling like I'm optimizing each day. And Athletic Greens is there for me to do just that. I've also been doubling down on Athletic Greens vitamin D, a huge portion of the population of vitamin D deficient, including myself. And right now, Athletic Greens will give you a year's supply of vitamin D for free and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
please do yourself a favor and sign up. It also makes a great gift for a family member or friend. So sign up now and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. All right. Today's guest is arguably the greatest triathlete of all time. She's at least very much a part of that conversation, a four-time Ironman world champion and Kona course record holder of eight hours and 26 minutes. She's a five-time Ironman 70.3 world champion, a two-time Olympian, under-23 world champion. Add to those world titles a multitude of European titles and her outstanding world triathlon series win in 2010. And when she wins, she doesn't just win by small margins. She often wins with such dominance that we wait for minutes for the rest of the field to arrive. Oh, and she's only 33. She's been a longtime friend of both Laura and I, and we've enjoyed watching her rise to the very top of the world over the years. It's a privilege and an honor to have her join us today. So welcome, and thanks for joining us on The Greg Bennett Show, Daniela Riff. How are you? Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for the introduction. Yeah, I'm feeling honored and uh, great to chat to you. It's been it's been Way too long since we uh, chatted last time. <laughs> Way too long. I mean, we were just talking pre-show there and uh, Laura was thinking the Olympic Village in 2012, but I'd, I remember you were here in Boulder for a while, so I actually think it was more like it was after that, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Maybe. Yeah, still a lot yeah. happens in that in that few years or in these yeah, actually well. almost 10 years, you know, so it's it feels special to uh, to kind of catch up again, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You've been busy. <laughs> busy. I mean, when you read off all of what I, you know, just did in the introduction, it's really quite remarkable. Um, from 2014 to now, I mean, obviously there was the the five to ten years before that, but that this last eight years, six to eight years, has just been absolutely phenomenal. So, firstly, huge congrats from both of us. Absolutely uh, amazing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean. It's yeah. If I look back at eight years, I mean, it's it's it is crazy actually. I mean, um, I think you 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 both know my coach or my uh, my former coach Brett Sutton, and I mean that's kind of where it all started with him. I think he really got me into this. I would call it like the last eight years was like my second career. I mean, we know each other from my first career, where kind of mm. you. I was I, w- I remember I was looked up to you guys uh, I was kind of the underdog in ITU and I was always kind of trying to push but I had a few good races um but I think in Ironman I really found what I'm you know good at and uh, it's been definitely a hell of a journey and I mean really made amazing experiences and yeah that it this could happen I, if I look back at like 213 I would never have imagined I could uh Mm-hmm. have such a another career after I was kind of you know sick and and kind of tired a little bit after a, an IT career where I I uh yeah struggled also quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the last time we had a in-depth conversation, I think we were in the village in London after the games and chatting about you were saying you're going to go back to school and you had enough um of racing for right now and I thought, "Oh no." Don't leave yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was relatively done, definitely for the ITU, and and then I, you know, f- find out a few years later that you know you've joined Bread and you're killing it in the long course. And I don't know, I'm just so happy for you that you didn't stop because you had so much more to give. And I just think that ITU racing, as much as you guys, you showed what you were capable of, you really flourished in the long course, and it was amazing. 
Yeah, I'm also happy I didn't stop. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but you're exactly right. That 2012, I I was very close to uh, stop because I, I mean, I've been struggling with my, you know, my virus for the stomach for like almost mm -hmm. two years and kind of put in so much effort, but nothing really came back. And I remember I when I started my studies, it really was like I found my balance back. And it's also funny when you, I went really full time into studies, hundred percent, and I was doing you know eight hours a day sitting in school and that's where you notice how nice um our job is you know when you're like mm -hmm. sitting around for eight hours um i really appreciated it again to to train and go outside and that's where i kind of found out that it's it's still what i like to do and i was lucky yeah, that i could uh at the right time kind of joined Brett and he really opened me up a new path and I definitely a path I never imagined to go to because to be honest I never imagined me to go to Ironman I I always thought it was way too long well it's, it really is I, I I really love that that it's kind of like you got that second wind and it, and it took almost it's a bit like COVID for many people you know it took away a lot of the racing and it took a lot and then it, it it's kind of helped a lot of people realize hang on what I had or what I have is incredibly special and it, it's 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 made people have that kind of self-reflection you know and and you've been through that now where you had that 2012 2013 when you had the virus and you had the schooling and and then you've gone through this last year with covid and another virus <laughs> yeah, yeah another virus and, and it's kind of was it the same it, has it kind of increased you know that that motivation has it did it help were you getting burnt out prior to the virus at all or, or what's that been like yeah I mean it's I mean I, I've it's been for everyone I think really tough and it's been very uh, weird and special year into 20 and mm. I definitely yeah definitely was a little bit similar even already before the lockdown everything happened I felt like I was a little bit empty. I felt like I need to, I felt I need mm. to do something else as well. I, it didn't really fulfill me so much to just train anymore. And I realized like, it's actually always been, I did like five years kind of of studying and then stopped it. And it's funny because I just need to keep my mind and uh, my mind busy. And when I, I didn't really feel like I could do studying while I'm a professional athlete because it felt like kind of I had, too much pressure to show that I'm, you know, professional and doing like putting it hundred percent the work in where when kind of the lockdown came, I, I felt like a little bit pressure off my chest. I felt like I could train just because I wanted to. And it felt really good for me, like to actually just realizing, Hey, I, I also still love doing it, but I also had, maybe it, it helped me to do stuff I wouldn't have done otherwise. And it's exactly what I did. I, I went back to studies again. Um, I found, a, a, again, more passion in triathlon again because, yeah, it's, I think it's really that balance that's important. And as a professional athlete, I mean, you would know it um, as well. Like you put in so much work, you kind of sleep, eat and train or well, more the other way around, train, sleep and eat. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's quite intense, even though it's really awesome. Um, but for the mind, it's, it's always important to have something else as well and to have that balance. And for me, the studying and learning stuff about something else in triathlon always fascinated me and helped me also to be more happy and be more, be more balanced for the sport because it 
kind of takes a bit the mm. you see it from a bit different perspective you know it's like a sport is so important but it's also just a little part of your life even though it's a huge part <laughs> it's kind of it gives you a bit of a perspective and that you have something else to also think about well, you're not, you're not the first guest I've had on the show. I couldn't believe it when I had Alistair Brownlee on and he told me that he was studying his MBA of finance while getting ready for the 2012 Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And I just oh, thought, yeah. wow. So I look at you and I, I look at Alistair and these incredible champions of the sport of triathlon and it's it's amazing. I, I was never that good person. <laughs> I probably needed the balance, but... I was so brain dead and I, I was so had my blinders on completely. And I think Laura was much the same. We enjoyed a little bit of study, but we, we'd yeah. never enrolled while we were at the top of our game like you guys. Um, so I'm incredibly impressed that you Absolutely. that you found the balance and that it works for you. Um, what are you studying? Well, I, I mean, I finished my bachelor finally because I kind of got a bit driven away while I was getting better and better in Ironman. So um, I then I did the food science and management. I finished a um, bachelor um, degree. And now I'm doing um, EMBA on um, uh, business psychology. Oh. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I really, I'm really into the topic. It's, you know, not just, in, I mean, consumer behavior. It's also more like how people motivate or self or mm. patterns, how we act and why we make certain decisions. And, also, it really kind of has parallels in, you know, how athletes are very um, self-driven and very, um, you know, motivated kind of like business people. And yeah, like how, you know, prevent burnouts and how to, yeah, like how what happens in our brain, um, even combined with like pain, for example, I thought it was super interesting, like more a bit in neuroscience where how this, what actually happens when we, you know, experience pain and how we can how we can um yeah kind of deal with it or it's 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 kind of things i've done already just naturally but now to understand what, what's actually happening I, th- I think it's really interesting and yeah i really enjoy it oh it sounds like a perfect it's right up our alley actually yeah. we were talking this morning about certain guests that we want to have on in the future and you know i've had neurosurgeons on and that kind of thing but probably my favorite topic is the brain and how we still, I feel like we still have so much to learn. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's the future of sport. And I think it's like you're, you're, you're in the business side of things, but like you said, they, they cross over a lot. But I really feel like we're just touching on the, the very glimpses of it, uh, the power of the brain. And I, I love the quote that Dr. Tommy Wood on one of the episodes, said. he said, you know, that whatever you think has a direct impact on your physiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you let that sink in for a bit. You kind of go, well, hang on. If I visualize, if I really think about something enough, I'm actually affecting myself physically, even if I'm just sitting there. I'm not actually physically going and doing the movement. Mm-hmm. And some of the studies that are coming out around that is just absolutely phenomenal. So I can understand your passion. I think you and I could probably, after this show, or maybe even during, <laughs> we come back on again. That's all we could talk about because I yeah, love it. Yeah, well. it's super yeah. interesting. I mean, also for racing, I find – like in Ironman, I mean, it's so much mental as well, how you, mm. uh, for example, how you can calm, calm yourself down, how you can deal with your nerves, but also when you're like, you know, struggling, for example, 
when you look some looks to something forward to it what happens it's like the, i think the dopamine coming out and so that actually helps you to keep pushing so that i mean i've done that actually just already a lot of time when i would be running somewhere you know on the queen k and kind of suffering you you just look forward to the next ed station and with this you can kind of trick yourself to just have that little little bit of enjoyment that soon in the next 2k there will be a an ed station and you will get some cold ice and that treat. can really <laughs> keep you going you know <laughs> I, I that that I would love to see would you be prepared this next Kona Ironman to wear whatever you need to wear contraption on your head where they could monitor your brain and see what's going on. <laughs> well, how heavy is that thing? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Because I think you, train you up. You, you've already won four and you've done records. And, everything. and I know you want to keep winning, but just do it for us. Could yeah, you do that? <laughs> I would, I would love to. Well, I'm not sure if I want to know, but I mean, I think already in a training session, it would be um, very interesting to do. I also mm. believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. think the, I've said actually a few times, if you could have so much power over your mind, which I think people like yourself do innately, I think some of the great champions of the world have trained it and then honed it. But I think you have that ability, like you said, to be halfway through the you know the marathon, coming home on on the Queen K or whatever it is, suffering, but it be able to have work with your brain to just change the physiology to change the way you feel in the legs and the hips and the arms. Um, that, 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 to make a glass of water think like it's a margarita. <laughs> well, <laughs> where did that come from? Well, I'm saying she's saying you're looking forward to the water stop. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Water, and you're in your mind thinking, oh, if I could just get to that next water stop, I get a reward. Yeah. I'm not sure if a margarita would be helpful in yeah. the race. So I think. <laughs> I'm well, saying it's like a margarita. Yeah. It's a glass of water, but it feels yeah. like yeah, that. I get the dopamine the, release. You're selling yourself on a higher level. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Let, let's let's do this because I do want to touch on a lot more of that throughout the episode. But um, what I what I'd like to do is just I want to look at just the start of this year. I want to start the show by looking at the start of this year um, because we are back racing. You have raced twice. Both have been wonderful performances. Um, Dubai seventy point three. How was that? Was it relief, uncertainty? You know, you've had ankle injury that you you were managing throughout twenty twenty. What was that experience like? Yeah, Dubai felt um, very special because, I mean, it was a long time of no racing. I mean, mm. it was almost, I think it was one and a half years. Mm. And um, I was actually really excited. I mean, I think that year of no racing was maybe even good for me because um, it just showed me how much I, lo- I like racing, even though I, I thought for a while I, I was not sure if I really liked it that much anymore because I felt like kind of a lot of pressure or I put a lot of pressure on myself. And through the year into 20, I was really like kind of enjoying the process and really actually training quite well, except my foot injury I had to deal with. But otherwise I could like, especially on the bike and the swim, I trained a lot. And then being able to actually do again what you well, I kind of find out that it's like what I'm supposed to do, you know, like when I was at mm. the start line, I, I felt like, Hey, this is like my, my kind of my calling. Like I, that's where I'm good at. And that's what I, even though sometimes when you feel like fear, for example, it can make you feel like you don't enjoy it so much, but when you can kind of let go of that fear or like failing, I've, and 
that's how I felt a bit like in Dubai. I felt like I had nothing to lose. I just was happy to be on the start line. It was really nice. I, I went out there and I mean, the bike didn't really go exactly how I wanted it. I didn't feel amazing, but also, I mean, Imogen was pushing really, really hard. So I think it was just kind of also really good, good battle. And then on the run, I mean, having that, you know, noticing it's like now it counts. I think you're doing something. It's like with, with a bit of excitement, I really missed mm -hmm. that. And I think that's what racing for me was always all about. Like, you know, you kind of have that adrenaline and, Yeah, it's it's that feeling I haven't had for so long. I just trained in pretty much, you know, behind the doors. And I also really, really like that. But it's that an aspect of going out there and showing what you prepared is mm. also the fun part. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we're not training hard three times a day to just for fun. You know, like I would do maybe one times a day I would train if I would just do it for fun. But yeah. if you train three times really hard a day, um, you also want to like show it somewhere. Like you want to, if mm -hmm. you're improving and you kind of feel like you prepare for something special, um, that's kind of the race is like the, the show the tribune or like how do you say the showtime and mm -hmm. yeah it felt great i mean there was still a, there were still a few spectators on the run course and having that feeling again of of you know pushing and and, and yeah like just racing it was really nice and it felt i definitely felt in somehow different i felt i appreciate i could appreciate it more to be able to race because maybe yeah because we couldn't race for so long mm. i i think the the mental shift from the expectations and the pressure to almost changing it. Like Laura used to say to me, you know, it's, it's a game, you know, and you change it from being an absolute performance to let's go out there and play. It's mm -hmm. a game. And Laura used to always say, I'd be like, are you nervous? And Laura's like, no, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. And, and even those kind of words, when you change that from being nervous to excited, it changes the the mental approach, the psychology that we've already yeah, seen. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you, you, you have this enormous gratitude that, you know, here we were, you know, for a year of no racing and are we ever going to race again kind of thing? And oh, finally there's a race and, th and that gratitude kicks in and immediately that's another sort of a positive influence that, that just goes rushing through your body. I just think it was, I mean, it was an outstanding performance. Um, for those that didn't see, you ran, have to be one of your fastest runs wasn't it or one hour 16 half marathon yeah it was i was very happy with my run i mean it was also yeah. a little bit emotions mistake because she pushed me hard on the start she was kind of a bit ahead <laughs> so thanks to her <laughs> which was great i mean she was you know going solid she really started solid and i had to catch her a bit and then she hang on and i i kind of tried to you know keep up the pace and I felt really good. I mean, I did do a really, really a lot of treadmill running when I was in winter in St. Moritz because of my foot. It felt um, better to do the treadmill. It would get less mm -hmm. sore. And so I did know that, I, I mean, I, I was in on, in altitude for nine months almost and uh, had a lot of still quite a good a few good sessions on the, on the treadmill. So I knew I was kind of run, not, yeah, I was kind of in a good shape for my running and to be able to push that, quite hard even I had such an amazing um you know like like the boy who was kind of doing on was on the bike the mm -hmm. the, the lead like the leading boy he was uh, really pushing me actually he was always um even 4k to go uh, he was like come on Daniela only 4k to go and I got so excited about it so I, I really pushed hard till the end so yeah to be able to um 
show such a fast time, it definitely made me happy. And um, yeah, I mean, I was also actually the first time running with the new ASICS shoe, um, mm. you know, with the carbon sole. So that felt on a course like Dubai, where it's so straight and just bounce, you know, you just kind of have to bounce it. Um, it felt really nice. I felt kind of in my element. Yeah. Uh, those, those shoes that have come out have just... They just help you hold your form and just feel good hitting the ground. I've gone and got myself a pair of um, well, another brand, but I went, you know, and, and they just, it's amazing. Laura, you haven't run in three years, so you wouldn't know. <laughs> She's all right. She's I always... look forward to that. <laughs> a quick mini break. I really want to encourage you to do something special for yourself and sign up for Athletic Greens and get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase by visiting athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Greg. If you want to see all your key metrics like your pace, distance, stroke rate, and heart rate while you're swimming, you need the Form Smart Swim goggles. Go to formswim.com forward slash Greg. That's formswim.com forward slash Greg and get $15 off. Or you can use code Greg15 at checkout. Take advantage of the great sale going on now at Hyperice. Plus, get 10% off all Hyperice products using the exclusive Greg Bennett Show discount code GREG21 at checkout. Go to hyperice.com and use code GREG21. You running that fast honestly didn't surprise Laura and I. We, we kind of look at you actually as one of the the great ITU runners, um, mainly because I think we've always talked about that race that you did in 2010, which I want to talk about later. So we won't go to that now, but um, still one of the, your great performances. But then you left Dubai and you came over to do St. George, Utah, the 70.3 here, which um, I turned it on, on on the computer, Facebook or whatever in the morning. And, and I think you were 30 kilometers into the bike and already had a two or three minute lead. Um, and I was like, oh, she must have outswam everybody. And I was like, no, you came out of the water with them, but you just drilled the start of that bike. Was it? I mean, you drilled the whole bike, but it was that first half of that bike. Was that was that the intention? Because it was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I I actually didn't really have a race plan. I just can't, I actually was out. I wanted to play. <laughs> I wanted mm, to like right. push it, and I wanted to also test my bike a little bit. Um, I definitely went solid um i was not quite sure if i'm gonna hold it the whole way um and yeah i mean when i came out with these first girls in the swim i i definitely felt quite surprised and happy um i mean there were good swimmers in in this group and so that made me already in a good position but then to you know trying to start pushing from the start to not have to like make it a group uh, was definitely the intention and yeah, I definitely enjoyed the, that bike course. It's very tough. Mm. I mean, to have that then in the end, kind of towards the end, to have that climb is uh, is is pretty brutal. I mean, your legs can be already dead, and I was I was just hoping they would last till the uh, till I'm on the top. And um, yeah, I, I definitely pushed it hard um, and really enjoyed it. I, I wanted to have a blast on the bike and kind of took a little bit of the risk to also blow up, um, which didn't really happen so I was yeah it was a really good way to test the form and to just see you know what what's possible and and yeah it's kind of a little bit my I try you know with the attitude to not I don't know not be too worried about if you if you blow up I I'm I always liked racing like this it was a little bit in 2014 where I also went out in Kona I mean there I didn't end up winning but 
I really liked that race as well, where I just didn't care if I blow up. I just went hard. And mm. that's what I always liked, how I, how to race. And without, you know, without doing too much tactics or without being too much afraid of if you can then hold it. So I, I always enjoyed racing like that. Yeah, it takes tremendous confidence. I mean, you have to have done the work. Um and I was much I was much later in my career where I developed that kind of mentality where I'm just going to go flat out from the gun and I don't care what happens. I think that comes that maturity and confidence comes from doing the work that you go, you know what, let's just go. <laughs> let's just go as hard as I can. I, I'm curious, when you get off the bike in a, in a half Ironman, you know, 70.3 like you did, with a, was it six, six and a half minute lead, maybe more? What goes through your head? I mean, is it just, okay, now I just got to get through the run or is it, I mean, obviously you, you still got to run a half marathon. I'm not cheapening it. And it's a very tough one in St. George, but is it a little bit, okay, just get to the finish? What, 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 do you, what goes through your head? Um, I'm never too sure about um, that. I'm, I got it in, in the, in the, mm. I got it safe. So I, I always try to focus actually. And of course it's, it's nice if you can start to run with a lead, but actually jumping off that bike my the legs didn't definitely didn't feel so great um and that run is brutal I mean it's so much mm. uphill and downhill and so I yeah I just tried to I kind of build it in and, and actually you know not yeah like kind of see what happens I mean I, the, the other girls were running a bit faster in the start and I eventually thought like oh, okay I now I I have to see if I find another gear and I did in the end so yeah, it's it depends. I mean, I always if I can push, I kind of enjoy to push and uh, you know test myself. Where actually in St. George, it was really the bike I wanted to test, and and the run was yeah, it, I was really also a bit holding on there and then just kind of bring it home. Um, but yeah, towards the end, there was a time where um, the gap got smaller and smaller, and so to be able to you know. Yeah, you can then play it maybe a little bit tactical, but yeah, just yeah. I, I always never be too sure because uh, it's yeah still a half marathon. You have to get through it without cramps, without you know collapsing and without bonking. So it's it's still yeah you still have to be concentrated. And I normally I'm never sure. I even I think one k before the finish, I looked back and I asked, is it is it clear? <laughs> so I was I'm never sure because I just don't want to be. I'm sure too early and then, you know, wasted because I'm not concentrated. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because you can be out on the course and Jan Fredino and I were talking about it on his episode where one moment somebody will tell you two minutes, the next person will tell you 30 seconds, yeah. then five minutes. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't know. It's hurting and I just wanted this to stop. Yeah. <laughs> just stop talking to me. Just stop talking. <laughs> yeah, it can and, be very confusing. Um, the times I try to always listen to the same people because then at least you have like a, hmm. a – yeah. A, a thing you can compare instead of comparing between people is very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. so well, I like the fact that you got to really test your run in Dubai. You got to test your bike in St. George. So you, you've been able to sort of use the first two races of the year to really test yourself in, in both areas. Um, and, and, and so now you've got um, Ironman Tulsa coming up, right? Is that next week? Yeah, When's that? Uh, in 10 days. Ten days, mm -hmm. and, and where are you based at the moment? Where's your prep? Um, I'm now in uh, Sedona uh, with Arno. Um, we train together, and yeah, it's it's been so. It, I decided to stay in US. It definitely makes sense after St. George, and wanted to, 
you know, check out some places around in the area. And uh, I definitely love it here. It's it's really nice. Um, training has been better than I expected from like facility wise. Um, I was a little bit worried that it would be maybe a bit hard with the, with the pools or anything. But um, yeah, it's, I definitely put on quite a bit of work since uh, since St. George. We, uh, yeah, pretty much went straight back into training and now starting to, you know, get a few days eventually to rest up a bit. But it's been really nice. I mean, the, the landscape here around Sedona is absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, I mean, it would be perfect for holidays as well. Maybe one day I'll come back here for some hiking tours. It's really beautiful. But um, also the runs and... Um, yeah, it's it's a nice. I don't know. It's a nice side effect to have to train in a pretty place, and it actually makes makes me appreciate it even more. Like to be able to, I mean, we we're quite lucky with triathlon. We, we we're outside so much. We actually get to see things while we work. Where if you're a swimmer, you just see just the pool. So I think it's it's very nice to also for your mind. You know, when you have a long ride, to discover. I mean, on 160k or whatever, you can discover quite a, a bit, and um, it's it's definitely a nice thing to do when you do. You know, we do train a lot, so it's for your mind to also give give something back and just have a go to places where you can also kind of be happy a bit. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world down there. Actually, we're so close. Yeah, we should have done this, should have done this interview in person. Well, yeah, I, I rode I rode up to uh, Flagstaff yesterday and did some did uh, up there. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of well, no, still I, fair I bit. I don't. I don't. I didn't make it that hours. close. I think. Yeah. I think you still have to ride about a thousand kilometers. Uh, is it? <laughs> okay, but that's doable. Yeah. I mean, knowing you, you could do that in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, maybe another time. All right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely look out for places in US. I mean, yes, I also having so many opportunities to train in the altitude. I mean, Sedona yeah. is not really altitude, but I I'm definitely looking to come back. I really enjoy training in US as well. Yeah. Well, you spent some time in Boulder. How long were you here for? Mm, yeah, I was. I was not. I was maybe there for two weeks or so. Oh, is that all? Not that oh, long. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was only a short time. Look, what I'd like to do is just let's rewind that clock a little bit and just tell us about, you know, when you fell, you know, in love for endurance sports and, and your passion. When did that all sort of begin? Oh yeah, that's a long time ago. I mean, I've been doing oh, it for so old. long. Yeah, yeah I'm, well, I'm, I don't feel old, but um, <laughs> actually, that's actually so funny. I don't know if I should say that, but so I remember um, because I'm turning 34 now, and actually, when last year I, I did, like, I did kind of think about it, like if I want to, like, do I want to keep going? Like, if I keep going, to how? I mean, how do I want to keep going? And so that's why I also changed a few things, and and I remember because I see it kind of like my third career now. And I just, I remember <laughs> I, it was, it must be like maybe 10 years or how old, how, how old are you guys? I'm sorry to ask, but I, I need uh, to know. I, I am 49 and, and Laura's a couple of years, well, yeah. quite a, okay. a lot of so years younger. Maybe it was, yeah, then it was <laughs> probably then 50, well, maybe 15 years ago then, I guess. I, um, I told my sister and I said, you know, I don't, because I remember when you guys raced when you were 30, 34, <laughs> and I, I remember to say my to tell my sister, I was like, yeah, I don't know why they would still race in that age, you know, with thirty four. <laughs> so I'm now thirty four, <laughs> and I feel like I, I feel like, I mean, I always, I always um, loved how you guys enjoyed it because I really think you kind of loved racing. I mean, or that was definitely making the impression to me. And I was like, I don't think I'll do that, do it that long. And I told my sister to tell me to to retire with thirty four. If I still do it, she should tell me to retire. So yeah, anyway, there was, you know, last year I was definitely doing a lot of thinking and 
then I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I still want to do like, a, yeah, quite a few more years. So it's just funny. Yeah. How, how, um, you know, how your view can change when you get there. And now I actually do still feel young. So, but I actually forgot your question. I, I really, um, went the other path now. Um, what was the question? <laughs> well, the question was, how did it all begin? Uh, how it all started. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> but, but I think, but Laura and I have got wins ear to ear because that, that's just such a, a fun story and it makes us feel like we were maybe a little bit involved in your life a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I mean, I always looked up to you guys. I, I always yeah, thought it was, you were, you were the dream couple in the travel scene. Uh, yeah, right. Very sweet. <laughs> very sweet. Yeah, we obviously portrayed, well, a, good, I mean, it's, we portrayed it's, a good image, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I liked how you worked really hard, but you also knew how to, you know, enjoy life or a little bit yeah. at least for um, maybe yeah, in the off season. So um, I definitely. Yes, um, we have all like shared a couple of parties every now and then, haven't we? I think so, it's, it's, it's fine to do if you work hard. I think it's. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so you're always having to try and find new reasons to keep racing, right? Yeah, exactly. New training set, new training environments, or new ways of training, or because you love the racing. I mean, really, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And not so much about the training. And so you have to change it up to keep yourself passionate about being able to get on that starting line and do that work in order to show what you're made of. Yeah, I think, I mean, racing definitely helps to motivate yourself. I, I you know, and have a goal and actually push hard. I, I actually always enjoyed training. It's I I do enjoy the process. But, um, yeah, to come back to your question about how it all started, I mean, that's maybe why I I um, I driven away because it's been already so long I'm into the sport. I mean, I, I actually started when I was with proper triathlon. I started when I was 14. So that's 20 years of actually quite – I would call it serious training because when I was 14, I trained, I joined my, um, a, a club, the Wildcats in Basel. And from there we, we trained quite well and quite focused. And so it's been definitely, you know, when people ask me like, well, why are you good? I, I don't really have to answer, but the only answer is probably because I've just done it forever. And I, I mean, I started when I was maybe, nine with swimming and, and athletics as well when I was nine or ten and I've been doing triathlon since now yeah close to 20 years that's why I think that the 34 was kind of a mark for, or is a kind uh, of was a mark for yeah. me yeah is your sister older or younger uh, she's younger she's seven years younger and yeah seven years and so are you the oldest of your family or yeah uh, yes yeah I have a well she's my half sister and I have uh, I, I have a half brother he's 10 years younger Oh, so, yeah, you're the standout because nearly every guest I've had, I've got my own little thing that I'm running here on this show, and nearly everybody's the second sibling. Not everybody, obviously, now that I know that you're the oldest. So, mm-hmm. there we go, everybody. You can still be one of the greatest ever endurance athletes on the planet and be the oldest sibling. That's huge. That's a breakthrough. Exactly. That's a breakthrough Isn't for this. Isn't Alistair also the oldest? Well, you make a good point there. Okay, now you're just getting. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. Danielle, Daniela Riff, a couple of average <laughs> of the oldest. Isn't it the oldest who like? Oh, and Hattie is the oldest. Too. Okay, can we just stop? <laughs> I'm gonna do some research. Huh? And Jan's Jan's an only child too. So there we go. My theory has just been blown up. <laughs> Sorry, didn't want, much didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome. So you started at 14 into triathlons, and and 
was it a immediate you actually felt pretty comfortable in the sport and i guess when it became a career was there a moment where you're like this is the right career choice and and this is what i should be doing um no, actually, I only found that out last year. Last year, that it's the right career choice. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's wow. true. I actually always wanted to be a businesswoman. I I always um, thought it was cooler, like to dress up in business clothes and and do I don't know business stuff. But I think I was just maybe I don't know. I think it's often the path you take. Often, you know, you I don't. It's it's really hard to describe like why I took that path. I think if I say it just happened, it's also not mm-hmm. really true because it doesn't just happen. But I mean, I think I really at, had at the right time, the right people around me and I had opportunities which came up to me, but which I also took. So for example, when my coach um, saw me in this camp in when I was 14 or 13, he said, yeah, you should really do triathlon, you're talented. And I was like, mm, okay, well, I'll try. So I just went home to my mom and said, um, well, from now on, every weekend I'll be in Basel when I was 14. So she, di- I didn't really ask her. I just told her that I will be in Basel every weekend from now on to train with this new triathlon club. And so I just took that opportunity. And in the start, to be honest, it was more just because I enjoyed, like I actually could train with older people. They were all like 17, 18. And actually they were like also partying on the weekend. So that was kind of my my way out to have some fun as well. I really enjoyed it. So it was kind of like we we actually trained really hard, but we would go out on on a Saturday evening and have some fun and as a 14-year-old, that, that was kind of an opportunity for me. <laughs> so it was not all like I was, it was not like I want to be Olympic champion. It was really just, I enjoyed the path. And mm. I definitely was lucky to have really, you know, a good coach back then who, yeah, already pushed me quite a bit and um, helped me to improve. And then I remember, for example, I met um, Lisa Norden and she she was coached by Darren Smith. That was a year before the Olympics. And then I, well, actually, it sounds a bit weird, but it was also at a party when I was talking to Lisa Norden. Um, None of this is a surprise to Lauren. (laughs) Yeah, no, but maybe to other people it is. (laughs) So it was in in, uh, Greece in in some IT race in the end of the season. And I asked her where she's going to train in winter. And she said she's in Australia. And I was like, oh, wow, and how, who with? And she, she, then she contacted me with Darren Smith. And about three weeks later, uh, or a week, a month later, I was in Australia with training with Darren Smith, who kind of got me to the Olympics um, in Beijing and had a really good race there for me. Um, it was one of my best races, I would say, uh, finishing not first, but I got seventh. And I think it was mm-hmm. definitely like, yeah, I could really, I could do better than I actually was, which is kind of cool. Like when you can, oh, when you can do a better performance that you can, act, you're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, it was similar again. Like I, same with Brett. You know, I, it was, I had a bit of that. You know, hard times into twelve to thirteen, and then I got the opportunity through Nicola actually, um, uh, because she. She was trained by Brett and her husband was the national coach back then. And he, he kind of opened it up to some other athletes to train with Brett Sutton. And so I I thought, 
you know why what I'm just gonna try it like Jan von Berkel actually um, helped I said oh let's go to Cozumel and I was like mm, I'm not sure and then actually after there was 70.3 worlds in Vegas and after that I um well, there I also have some good memories. <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep into that. And um, and then, um, yeah, I went to Cozumel. And from there, it was clear, like, I'm going to train with Brett. He's he's going to, he's good. He, I really liked his, his, I don't know, his approach and how he, how he trained. And yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. I, it, so, so as a summary, I don't think it just happened, but I just was, often lucky enough to see the opportunities and and also have the opportunities to you know find the right coaches and the right surrounding yeah i think uh it takes a a champion to understand that it's hard work there's talent and there's opportunity it's uh that book uh, outliers by malcolm gladwell um who goes into that that you know some of the greatest people in the on the planet have worked incredibly hard, have had the talent, but they've really taken advantage of opportunity when it's been there. And and you've mentioned two probably of the greatest coaches in the world of, you know, triathlon. Yeah, um, definitely. Darren Smith, who who is now retired, I think. I don't know if he's still coaching, but what he did in that group, that, that team that he had, um, and I've just had Sarah True and I've had Vicky Holland just on and, you know, now yourself and, and just what he did um, – just incredible group and then obviously you know anybody that knows anything about the history of the sport of triathlon would understand that brett sutton is, is arguably the greatest coach um ever and so you know you, you've teamed up you've taken advantage of, of two great opportunities there but i love how you said earlier that this is almost like your third career and you're almost bracketed by darren smith then a virus brett sutton then a virus <laughs> And now you're in your third career. How would you describe this? Is it is it the have you built a team around you? Being are you self coached? Do you have a consultant? How how are you? What does this third career look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, also to yeah, to separate with Brett was definitely also, you know, was a long it was a long term process. I mean, we've both talked about it. If it's maybe better if we kind of split up but even I mean we're still really great friends and he's I think I'll always keep training as his like three philosophy because I I think his training philosophy is really super smart and how mm -hmm. what I could learn through him over these eight years is I mean I don't I mean I feel like I learned a lot so now I try to just apply it and um, I think for me I came to a point where I just felt like I want to take a bit more responsibility and also a little bit be a bit more free in my decisions and um, I mean, he is a coach where you really have to be like full time with him and it makes sense to be around him a lot where I feel like, you know, building a house now in Solitorn, um yeah, in my hometown. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Well, we're just, I'm just starting. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, um, <laughs> it, so far it's, it's been all going easy, but uh, we'll see what happens in the next few months. But yeah, so it's, I just felt like it was time to, to enjoy it more, maybe to let go of some things and actually letting go is also kind of often, you know, it's com combined with fear and mm. letting go of bread was definitely the fear also a bit of letting go of success because I felt like, I mean, with him, I did was always very successful. I was very, I felt very consistent and con like not controlled, but like uh, in a controlled environment. And I think, um, yeah, like a bit letting go of that also helps me to look at it in a bit of a, 
a more relaxed way. Um, I think because when you with someone for so long, it's always kind of like you look back to what you did. And I think for me, it was I didn't really. I didn't really want to look back to how I was in 2014. I didn't, I want to like develop us like further in the next five years or 10. So that's why I just felt like, yeah, changing a few things will help me to make some experiences, um, possibly also go one time really bad. Um, but I think it's also part of the journey. And I think mm -hmm. to really experience that and learn more about myself and about um, me as an athlete, but also develop as a, you know, as a, an athlete and a person uh, was important to me. And mm. yeah, so I feel, I mean, I do at the moment, I, I do pretty much, you know, kind of how I did it in the last months. I, I kind of coach or I, I do how, well, I kind of follow his plan, how I used to, but just decide on my own now. So it's kind of, it does, it doesn't even feel very different. Oh, the only thing is that I now have to you know, realize when I need a rest and when I have to keep pushing, which is probably the hardest part. And he's definitely very good at that. And, um, yeah, but it's all, it's all a process. And also I find it quite motivating to actually be able to, to do things. And it's, it's quite funny how now I do sessions, which I never liked to do when he gave them to me, but now I do them because I know they're good for me. So it's kind <laughs> of, you know, it's just that freedom of you decide mm -hmm. on your own. I think it's, it's something, um, some, yeah, it helps to keep your motivation maybe, um, in another way, you know, it's, it's your decision to actually do that session. And, and also mm. then of course it's your decision if, or if it's, it's your mistake, if you, if you have a, a bad day, you, it's actually refreshing sometimes when you, when you don't need to report it to someone, I find that for me, um, he's always very supportive. He always actually never put pressure on me, but it was probably me putting pressure on myself to, report good times where now I actually care a bit less about times in training. And I think that's mm -hmm. definitely been a process because I would get very upset if I don't make my times. Um, I, I would just, it could ruin a day for me if I had like a shit session. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, try, I, I work on that and try to just, I mean, not take yeah. it too serious, but of course yeah. I, I'm a person who always takes it. I mean, it's not like I don't care, but um, it's already uh -huh. helping to have, uh, have, a little bit of in a different um, perspective yeah and not taking it too serious i think it's uh, incredibly empowering when you can take the responsibility for your own life when you become the ceo of your own life that's my kind of catchphrase over this covid year and mm -hmm. it's kind of go home and, and take be the ceo of your life um take full responsibility and, and and it's incredibly empowering and like you said it can be scary to leave the the somewhat comforts of what you know has worked. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's also incredibly freeing to go and try something. And and I think a, a lot of, we, we all use a number of coaches and it's almost like looking at each coach as a degree, you know, and, and you learn what you did from Darren Smith. You learn what you could from Brett Sutton. Um, I have the same experience. You know, I had four or five years with Brett, fantastic um, mm -hmm. part of my life, but I also needed to move on and take more control. And that was what I needed. And, my best years, I had some great years with Brett, but I actually felt like I had even better years when I started to just work with Laura and, and we kind of coached ourselves. So I, I'm a big believer that the knowledge that you've learned with Brett and then you surround yourself with a good team, that there's, I really feel like you've got some great years ahead of you because it is so empowering. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, aren't you your best coach, right? But all these coaches you go through kind of test you and teach you what your boundaries are, but you 
processing it every time, learning more and more about yourself, I think is the key, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely an interesting, you know, way to to look at it. I mean, I find, for example, to um, often it's I, I feel like I know what to do, but it's it's your ego who doesn't want to admit it. Where if you actually coach yourself, it's or when you can when you learn how to listen really deep, you often know the answer, but we don't really listen so deep. So that's, it's been, um, I find the most interesting part like that. I would, for example, you know, like try to, um, not admit that I'm tired where he would be like, you need a rest. And I'll be, no, I don't need a rest. I want to train. So to kind of show him that I'm tough. So it's, it's, um, and now it's, yeah, you have to, I think often, in, and it's with everything. I mean, I, bread really helped me with actually nutrition really a lot because I was always way too worried about nutrition and taking it way too serious where he was actually the first coach who tell, told me to eat. He was just like, you need to eat more. And um, as a woman, I think you can go in the wrong path as well if um, you have, you know, if you get too strict or not just as a woman, I think as men as well, but I think mm, in general, um, <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, if you take it too serious and take mm. a too strict mm. diet, it can also mentally, um, you know, tear you apart. And um, there actually bread helped me hugely to, to realize, Hey, it's about fuel and you have to look after your body. And it's, it's not just about being skinny. It's about being strong. And I think these are messages I definitely take with me. Um, and I definitely changed my attitude through through all these coaches yeah i could learn so much and and now it's yeah it's what i find nice is to be able to you know pick the people i want to train um i i'm a person who actually enjoys training alone but also sometimes you know train with people and um, at the moment with arno he's actually still coached by he's he's coached by brett um but we we do a few things together and we've been hanging out quite a lot the last few months uh, we we stayed together in St. Moritz and it's, yeah, it's been really nice. Like having, you know, being able to choose people you want to train with and, and mm. not you, because they're in the same squad, you have to train with them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I could learn, uh, meet a lot of nice athletes through, through the squats and now to uh, just, you know, kind of meet up with the ones you want is, is also a nice, nice thing. And I definitely, yeah, I've been enjoying it and, um, we'll see what what the future brings. I mean, I I don't see it too strict. I I don't feel like I have to win everything, but I I'm still really keen to race and to yeah to see what I can show out there. I hope you enjoyed part one of this special edition with Daniela Riff, and please enjoy part two where Daniela discusses some of her career highlights and her future, and we end with some really fun rapid fire questions. Thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.